Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Adventure podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor at Chandlerker's Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I'm also your host uh, for Venture Podcast. And uh, if you are catching up and listening on today, uh, I appreciate you joining us and uh, being able to uh, participate in our Venture Podcast. Uh, we just are trying to get the message of, uh, of Christ out there to people all across uh, this world. And uh, we do have people listening from all different parts of the world, actually. It's, it's pretty awesome to be a part of uh, uh, this ministry here at Chandler Acres as well as this podcast ministry. So thank you for being a huge support and listening on a regular basis. I really do appreciate that. Uh, we are in a, a new series. Uh, we just started it last week. It's called Travel Light. And last week we talked about letting go of the stuff that, that holds us back. And so today what I want to do is talking about letting go of the mental clutter. Okay. Uh, my question for you to kind of start everything off today would be, uh, how many of you would say you often find it really hard to focus? And I think, you know, if we really look at our, at our lives, uh, I think all of us would say at some point or another, it is kind of hard to focus, right? Uh, sometimes it might be as simple as, you know, you're in church and it's really hard to focus on the message or, or maybe, um, it's just, you wonder, you know, when are we going to eat next? And you're in the middle of doing something else, you know, or, or, Hey, just, you know, you're in the middle of work and you just kind of wonder, you know, why is that person laughing over there when you really should be doing work? Or you're just worried about what people wear when the middle you're doing something else, you know, those types of things are just hard to focus. It's pretty easy for our mind to wander, and it's hard to focus. Uh, for me, it's hard to focus, you know, as a, as a pastor when I'm looking out into our congregation, okay? Uh, it can be very distracting, you know, where people are talking or, uh, believe it or not, people eating food or drinking a drink or something or or there's somebody in the in the middle of the you know the congregation sleeping. Of course, uh, that really does happen. It's 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 it, it, you know it's kind of a joke, an ongoing joke of oh, the pastor puts me to sleep. When the reality, it does happen all the time. And so, uh, in fact, I have to get loud sometimes just to wake those guys up. But uh, anyway, it's a fight to focus. But it's absolutely and completely worth the fight. I truly believe that. And so today, I want to talk about letting go of the distractions. Okay, that can destroy you. Uh, I looked. I looked up the root word for distraction. Uh, it actually is derived from a Latin word that was formed in the 1590s. Okay, long, long time ago. And this word means a pulling apart, a separating, a drawing of the mind in different directions. Okay. And so I want to f- put focus on that pulling apart. Okay. Do you realize that that your spiritual enemy and every force of hell is trying to distract you from living for the things that matter most, okay? Our enemy, every demonic force, wants to pull you apart, to divide your mind, to discourage your soul, to disengage your faith, to distract you from the things that matter most. And I've heard and I've said this statement before, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can't destroy, if he, I'm sorry, let me, let me start that over. I messed that up. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you, okay? 
I'll say it again. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you, right? If he can distract you, eventually he'll he'll neutralize you, okay? Or worse, uh, he'll end up destroying, uh, you'll end up destroying yourself, in fact, okay? So letting go of the distractions that destroy us. And so I want to set the tone for this message today with a, with a story that shows the love of Jesus and his encouragement to stay focused on, on what matters most, okay? And it's, it's found in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 10. And we're going to tell this story about a, 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 these this um, two sisters that are hosting what appears to be some sort of dinner party. And you're going to go like, Dan, I think I just heard that a couple weeks on the podcast. You did. But we're going to look at that story uh, a little bit different direction today. Okay, So it's Luke 10, uh, verses 38. Starting with verse 38 is what I want to read to you guys. Okay, So uh, here's what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Okay? But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Okay? She was distracted, right? And I don't, I don't blame her one bit. right? We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, if, if Jesus is in my house, okay, if Jesus is coming to my house and he's in there, my anxiety is going to be super high. And I would imagine it for you as well, you know, because we want everything to be just right. And I can imagine Martha's, you know, is, is, is she's kind of like in a sense of when we do a dinner party for somebody, it's like you're, you're worried about the casserole, right, that's in the oven. So we got to take that out. And then we want to make sure we get the cobbler in just in the time, you know, that needs to be done. And, and all these things need to happen, right? And we got to make sure the candle's burning and, and smells good in the air. We want to make sure the toilet paper matches the, the shower curtains or whatever you ladies want matching in the bathroom, right? No offense. I'm just saying that's, that's kind of what happens. Okay. And, and may, you know, maybe she's trying to make sure that Jesus's tea is refilled all the time. Right. And, and she's wanting to be this great host. Right. And I don't blame her at all. She's distracted by all these preparations that need to be made. And so look at what, well, look what happens. She came to him, to, to, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. See, Martha comes to Jesus and basically says, Lord, don't you care that my lazy, no-good sister is doing nothing? Okay? And we all have a person like that in our family. We, if you really think about it, every family has one. And if you say our family doesn't have that lazy person, Unfortunately, it might be you then, okay? Just being real with you. They, they never, it's the, the person that they never bring anything to the meal except for empty Tupperware, right? And they take everything home. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is Mary, okay? She's just sitting there at the Lord's feet enjoying while Martha is getting all the work done. And Martha gets a bad rap. And I want to thank God for people like Martha. It's, it's because of people like Martha that, that you and I get to eat and that our bills are paid and that you, you get Christmas presents to unwrap. And if Mary was running the world, you'd be starving to death in a cold home, the heat, no heat, right, and no Christmas presents. But Martha sometimes gets a bad rap. So she came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister's Mary has left me to do all the work by myself? Will you please tell her to help me out? And look, look what he says in verse 41. He goes, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Now he could have said, hey, but few things are important, but few things are really, really matter most because, but he said, indeed, only one. 
And with the love, Jesus looks at Martha and says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you have a great heart. You got good, great, good, whatever the word is, intentions, but you're distracted, you know? Uh, oh, my phone just dinged. I got an email. Oh, there's another ad. And, and somebody just posted a cat video. And, I, and I've got to check my social media feed, right, to see if I've got a comment on a picture that I just put up with the perfect hashtag and, and just the right filter. And, oh, my gosh, we, we got to go Christmas shopping. And our kids have to be at soccer. And another kid has to be at dance. And, and somehow we got to get food into them, right? We better go through a drive through then, right? Or at least look for a French fry underneath the seat and feed them that, right? Okay? We got so many places to go, so many things to do. Oh, there's another cat post, right? Oh, and there's another this and another that. And, and what are they going to think? And do my shoes work? And, and do I fit in? And am I going to be popular enough? And am I living the right way? And do I have enough stuff? Because if I have more stuff, I'd be happy. What are they going to think? Where am I going to go? See, she was distracted. Martha, Martha, you're distracted and upset about so many things. But only a few things really matter or really last or really are important. You see, Mary has chosen what is better. And what's interesting to me to this story is that Martha wasn't doing something bad or wrong, right? You see that? You know, she wasn't doing something bad or wrong. She was doing something good, but she wasn't doing what was best. And we have to recognize that, that so often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best, okay? Let me say that again. The most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best. If your enemy can't make you bad, he'll distract you away from using your life to the things that honor God and make an an internal difference, okay? So how do we, with the help of God, choose what's best? See, every, every demonic force in hell wants to distract you from what matters and what lasts. So how do we allow God to help us choose what's best? Well, well, I'm going to give you three thoughts today, okay, to help us with that. And we're going to look at Scripture and let it speak to us in a way that I hope that will, will really move your heart, okay? So the first thing is I want to diminish the distractions, okay, diminish the distractions. I want to distance myself from that which would tempt me to be distracted. And I love the directions, the, the, the directness, is what I should say, of the Apostle Paul. He was actually talking about relationships and marriage. And, but I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 7.35 in a slightly different context. He says this. He says, I'm giving you the advice, and I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. Okay? In other words, I'm not telling you this in the legalistic thing, or this is exactly what you have to do. He says, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. You know, I don't want you to just accept average or mundane or, or normal, but I want you to do what helps you serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. Every force in hell wants to distract you from that which matters most. And, and I want you focused on the things that you really have within you, okay, that help you serve uh, God the best, okay? So what is the one, one of the most common distractions that is out there today, okay? And it's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? But it certainly may not be the best thing, I will say that, okay? So I would argue that as part of the Trinity, okay, the, we have the Trinity, right? There's the Father, the Son, and I believe the third part is the mobile phone, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this little device that we have, this phone, although it does so much good, 
is something that's been around for less than two decades. And for literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, mankind has managed to survive without this little device. And yet, many of you get anxiety if you're just a few feet away from it for more than five minutes, right? You're like, don't touch that. That's my phone. Don't, don't mess with it. In fact, the average person today cannot go 10 minutes without checking this device. 10 minutes, right? And if you wonder why you're not as productive as you'd like to be, or if you wonder why your relationships are not as intimate as you know they could be, or if you wonder why you're not as close to God as you would like to be, could it be that you cannot do anything meaningful when you're interrupted every 10 minutes to stare at a little device, a phone? And I think I'll stay here for just a minute longer, okay? Let's talk about social media. I enjoy social media just like everybody else does, but the average person spends more than two hours a day, two hours a day on social media. Two hours a day. Think about that. If you are a younger person, okay, uh, and I'll say younger under the age of 20, roughly around there, and you spend two hours a day, you will spend, and I hope you're ready for this, okay, over seven years of your life on social media. Seven years. Seven years of your life go scrolling, tapping, scrolling, tapping. You're like, woo, yay, somebody just commented a heart face emoji. Yay. Seven years, possibly feeling left out, wondering why, why Jane doesn't comment on my phone ever, you know, my photo. I, I always comment on hers, and she doesn't comment on mine. You know, seven years, not the best use of your time. So I try to tell myself this, that my life is too valuable, my calling too great, and my God too good to waste my life distracted by things that do not matter. And I hope you feel that, and I hope you'll internalize that, okay? Your life is too valuable. God created you. He gave you passion. He gave you gifts. He gave you callings, right? He pushed you at the time, at this time in history, and I truly believe that because in this time in history, you can best glorify him. He is too good for you to waste your life, okay? It's not a bad thing. And he's like, Martha, Martha, you're, you're so worried, upset about so many things, but only few things really matter. Whenever Apple came out with the, that little app that uh, tells you how much you spend on your phone during the week, and I hope you guys know what I'm talking about, they actually created an app that will break down how much time you spend on talks, texting, certain apps, social media, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's really crazy and really cool. Um, because here's, here's the reality. When I, when I looked it up, I found it, and I looked at my stuff that I spend time on, and I literally said, oh, dear God, I need to repent. <laughs> okay? I literally looked at the end and went, oh, my gosh, I've spent that much time. Now, the amount of time I spent was significantly way less than average, which, which is weird. But, but just because I'm better than average doesn't mean it, it lives up to my standards of what I want to use my God-given days to do on this earth. Okay? So I'm trying to diminish those distractions. And I like what Solomon says about the immoral woman when it comes to regards to this. He says in Proverbs, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. See, don't get close to which could destroy you. And so I want to treat distractions the same way I treat temptation. I want to distance myself from anything that would distract me from that which matters most. I'm going to stay away from it. Some of you, it might be, you need to just get some, you know, little noise-canceling features on your phone because you work in an environment with some people that just have the spiritual gift of, of being loud, you know, and you just can't focus. So silence that stuff out so you can focus, right? Some of you need to, to delete distracting apps, right? Social media, 
If it's an idol for you, if you can't go without checking it, maybe it's been seven years of your life doing that, okay? For, for some of you, you just need to get rid of it. Uh, the other thing that for some of you, maybe younger folks, um, something on the lines of I'll just use one specific, but like Fortnite or some kind of game like that, you can you can still do all the dancings and whatever and all this other stuff that goes along with these games, but but you don't want to waste your life, you know, doing things. It, it might be that you need to turn off notifications, okay? You got the ding, ding, the bing, bing, and the email, email, and all this other stuff, right? All this stuff that's going on. Some of you, it might be people. There might be people that are distracting you. And, and by all means, I, I truly believe this as followers of Christ, we want to love all people, right? We're going to be friends to all people. But in our inner circle, the people that we trust, that we spend the most time with, right? We want them to be people that are sharpening us, that are helping us, you know, that are helping us walk through our, our, our life with Christ, that are leading each other to serve Jesus more effectively, right? So do not be deceived, Scripture says, right? Bad behavior, bad friends, corrupt good characters. Walk with the wise and you become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm, right? So if if four out of your uh, five uh, friends are fools, then you're a fool too. I'm just going to be blunt with you, okay? You're a fool for being with them. You cannot live the right life when you always have the wrong friends. You need to understand that. Okay. Some of you, you are dating a distraction. Okay, you young, young people, especially young girls, um, you're you're dating a distraction. Okay, and, and I might tick off all the boyfriends, and they might be mad at me right now. But listen to me, if if your boyfriend is distracting you from serving Jesus and leading you into sin and not treating you with respect and honor, press delete on the boyfriend. Okay, let God upgrade him. You know, get get somebody that's going to do that. Same goes for a girl, okay? You got some girl that's like all up into your stuff that's not pleasing to God, then then it's, it's time to go, okay? You see, if there's anything that is constantly distracting, what I want to do is I want to distance myself from that which distracts people from God, right? It's a fight to focus. I get it, but it's worth the fight. And so I'm going to diminish the distractions. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask God to give me the power to focus on what's important, all right? Focus on what's important. I love the words of Solomon in Proverbs 4. He says this. He says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. So I'm setting my gaze ahead. And the author to the Hebrews said, list, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. With fixed gaze, we look ahead. With fixed purpose, we walk a straight path. Okay. Uh, and I learned this lesson years ago trying to slack rope, okay? Uh, if you don't know what slack roping is, uh, neither did I. It's okay. Uh, but if you know what a tightrope is, right, it's a, it's a tight rope. <laughs> um, we know that. You, you cross it. It's tight. A slack rope is, is the same thing, but it's just got a slack in it, okay? Um, and so I was at this camp, and these guys were doing it, and I said, hey, can I do it? And they said, well, you could try, but but probably not. And I, I you won't you won't be able to do it. You know is what they were saying. And I was like, well, you, you have no idea who I am. I have these crazy ninja skills that you just don't realize that I have. You know, and <laughs> just messing with them. And, and and so just give me a shot, would you? And they laughed. <laughs> Literally, I mean, they laughed out loud. And then they laughed harder when I tried, right? And so I get up on this this thing, and there's a tree where the rope is, and it goes to the other tree. And, and so I get up on this tree, and I, and I took one step, one step. And when I did, I was looking down. And soon enough, this rope went sideways, 
and, and it cocked me like a uh, like pulling back a, a bow and arrow. And I was the arrow, unfortunately. And not only did gravity pull me down at this point, but this thing propelled me. It shot me out like an arrow at about 720 miles an hour towards the ground. And when I hit the ground, there was a major thud because I'm a big guy, right? And, and I thought I cracked a rib and I, and I couldn't breathe. And these, these guys were like, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'll be okay. <laughs> and, and it didn't hurt a bit, you know? And they're like, did you? You, you did what everybody tries to do, okay? Everybody gets up there and they look down. They look around. The only way you get across, they said, is to fix your eyes on a spot on the other side. And so with fixed purpose, Peter learned this whenever Jesus walked upon water. They're, they're in the middle of the boat, right? And Peter looks out and he goes, yo, Jesus, is, this, is that wa- you walking on the water? And Jesus goes, yeah, it is I. And Peter's like, well, I want to come out there with you. And Peter gets himself out of the boat, right? And he's looking at Jesus, and what does he do? He walks on water. With fixed purpose, he sees Jesus, and step by step, his eyes were on Jesus. His eyes are focused on the prize, and it's, it's only when he looks away, and he looks at the wind, and he looks at the waves that he starts to sink. And you see, some of you are sinking. You always feel overwhelmed. You, you always feel behind. You always feel less than. You always believe there's something more. Why is it that you're sinking all the time? Could it, could it be that you're looking at the wind and the waves? You're, you're, you're looking at, at them and, and you're looking at this and you're looking at that. And instead of living with fixed purpose, with your eyes focused on Jesus, the only way that we can truly serve God is, what, is when we seek him first. And so what does scripture say? It says in Matthew 6, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, right? First. That's why the first thing of the day is not Instagram. The, the first thing of the day is Jesus, right? Jesus, I line my heart with you. Jesus, would you give me the words to say today? Jesus, would your word tr- transform my heart that I may please you? We seek Jesus first, right? First of the week, what do we do? We gather together in a house of God, okay? We gather together with other people. We, we worship God together. We hear God's word. We're aligning our week to seek God first, And anytime God blesses us with any kind of increase, what do we do? We put him first. We acknowledge that all comes from him, and so we worship him with the tithe, right? We put him first. First I seek you, eyes focused on Jesus. You never wander into righteousness, okay? You never stumble into effectiveness, and you never fall into bringing God to glory, or glory to God is what I want to say, sorry. So how do you do it? What's with fixed purpose? My eyes are focused on the prize step by step. I'm not being distracted by the things of this world. I've got my eyes focused on Jesus. And so fix your mind on what matters most. It doesn't happen accidentally, okay? It's not accidental. It's intentional. Because every demonic force is trying to distract you, distract us and you, right? It's like ding, bing, look at this, look at that stuff. And it's Martha, Martha, right? And can you feel how much I love you is what Jesus is saying. You're so freaked out about so many things that really don't matter that much. Only a few things that are really important. Therefore, I'm going to distance the distractions, right? We want to distance our distractions. And so I also want to focus on what's important. And number three is everything to me, I'm going to listen to the voice of God, okay? I'm going to listen to the voice of God. And I love the imagery from Isaiah, okay? It's Isaiah 30, verse 21. Listen to what he says. He says, whether you, um, I'm sorry, yeah, whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I love that imagery. It's almost as if the Spirit of God whispers, you know, hey, 
wait a minute, you can do that. That's good. Or you could choose something so much better. Let's walk into it this way. Let's go that way, okay? You see, when you seek God first, you will hear him. He is a God who speaks. He, when he created the world, how did he do it? He spoke. So he's a speaking God, and if you never heard from God, open up his word. He will always speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through the voice of his spirit. If you have ears to hear, you will hear, okay? He'll speak to you through people. He, he might speak to you through a message. He could speak to you through a song, okay? He'll speak to you through circumstances. And if you have ears to hear and the voice behind you who will say or, or choose, say choose this, walk in this way, be a blessing to this person, give something, take a moment and listen to them or take a moment and pray or stop what you're doing, you will understand that there's people over production and love over judgment, See, you can make a difference in this world. Your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good to be distracted by things that do not last. Okay? Listen to his voice. He'll direct you and show you the way to walk in it. And there are really only a few things that matter. And you have the ability to choose. It's, it's your choice, okay? But feel it. Your life is valuable. Your calling is special. Your God is so good. Why would you waste your life on things that do not last. So this morning or today or whatever, whatever time you're listening to this, say, God, help me. Help me choose what's best. God, give me the power by your spirit to overcome all the demonic forces of distraction so that one day we can hear the voice tell us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen. And that concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this series. And I hope that means you'll come back next week as, as we continue to learn how to shake off the burdens of stress, worry, and regret and find the freedom that comes when you travel light. We hope you'll leave your baggage behind as we continue our series next week. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.